Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Attacking Scrub podcast where Welsh rugby matters. The internationals may have gone, but there is loads for us to talk about. Hammerings at home, hat-tricks, red cards, and as always with the Pro 14, some bloody awful refereeing. We're also going to have a look ahead to the European rugby next week, where we see a return to the Heineken Cup and the Challenge Cup, the Park Pen as we like to call it. And joining me to do all this is... The attacking scrum veteran himself, Dan Killick's back. How are you doing, Dan? Feeling like a veteran at the moment. Yeah, I do. I I feel like... I'll tell you how I feel, Dan, right? Come on in. Um, I feel like the kind of bloke who watched the Dragons ship 60 points at home to a Leinster B team, knowing the result, because Craig Muncie bloody texted it to me again... <laughs> I bet you but, went. Oh, oh no. God! It's like no. it's the well. He, to be fair to him, he didn't. He didn't text me the full result, but, but it was enough. It was enough to. It was enough to know that we were going to get. We were going to get. Doing you a favour, I think. Oh, I don't know. He does it. He does it to me every every couple of weeks now. But um, yeah, like that's that's probably the only thing that could have made the the game any worse was knowing the hammering and have to sit through it. And uh, you know what? We obviously we're going to get onto this, but. Oh, it's, it's time for this. I'm, I'm glad I live in London and, and I've got that excuse of not having to go because it it's that bad. You know, like the start of the season, you go, oh, you get excited and, and obviously with us being here, you think it's such a shame because I'd love to be closer to the rugby. Yeah. But right now, it's just like, it's it's so, so dire. They're not worth me watching then, is it? Oh, I missed it. Completely yeah. missed it. Yeah, you, I, yeah, I know. Well, that's, this is it. We had, we had a conversation <laughs> yesterday, didn't we? We were like, right, we're going to have to split the games up this weekend. And yeah, I concentrated on the Ospreys, so I did get the only win, I suppose. But then having to watch the Dragons was was pretty god awful. Uh, did you enjoy watching your games though? You looked at you watched the Scarlets and uh, and the Cardiff game. I did actually. I knew, so I had to watch them back. So I had a bit of an action packed weekend with the little ones. Mm. With obviously 
Christmas on the horizon. So I knew the scores, and I was thinking, oh, no, I hate, I it's hate, so I hate it. Well, a lot of people can't score. watch them back, I can't. They, when they know the score. Yeah. And I, I did find, I did, I did struggle. I got to be honest, but I'm glad I sat through them because the games were, they were entertaining. Mm. They were two, two good games. Very frustrating. The other pair of them, which yeah. I'm sure will. We'll have a chat about. Well, we will indeed. Uh, quick, a quick thank to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades before we get underway. Uh, if you haven't heard this podcast before, we're sponsored by good folks down at So Coffee Trades, which is a local Swansea business founded by the Ospreys hooker Scott Otten on the score sheet as well. Yeah, Scott got over, didn't he? That's it. Yeah, one of those sensational. Uh, explosive tries from five yards out exactly. but uh, he, he, got, he got the meat pie nonetheless uh, yeah so well done Scott if you do fancy uh, helping Scott out even more and uh, getting yourself some amazing coffee while you're at it make sure you head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk I know Dan Killick's got his eye on one of the hampers for uh, for his family so uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you want to be like our man Dan Killick you can get over there and do the same right fact or fiction is the first part of the show Dan where do you want to begin with this because I've got some for you, you've got some for me this time. Um, I'll just, shall I throw one to you yeah, to start on. with? All right, yeah. okay. Uh, the, the late penalty decision in Rory Best's favour cost Cardiff Blues the game. Fact or fiction? I'm going to go fact with this, right? Um, that, that decision on the 76th, 76th minute was completely wrong for me. Mm. He came in, Rory Best, right? OBE, as the commentators <laughs> like to harp on about, which oh, is so man. frustrating. Um, I mean, I've 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 only seen the highlights, and that drove me mad as well. How many well. times do they want to say it during the game? I I find Mark Robson unbearable. Like he's so one-eyed towards Ulster, and these stupid quirks and remarks like that drive me mad. But yeah, go on. on that's the, why you did. Decision. That's why you didn't pick that game, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I should have guessed he was commentating on it. But um, yeah, I mean, but that decision. So best, he came. He came in from the side for mm-hmm. one. He was definitely off his feet, and he didn't. He didn't have his hands on the ball. He didn't survive the clear. He, like, he he's, he's cleared out. Yeah. The, ball, the ball. He was looking at the ball. So, yeah, John Mulville was was very very annoyed about that, and I, I'm totally with him. I mean, yeah. Cardiff Blues have been on the wrong end of quite a few decisions now. It just seems to happen time and time again. Um, so I'll go with fact. There was a number of points though. The the, the Blues. I think they they worked they worked really hard in you know great line speed. Superb physicality. They had a yeah. big pack, probably the biggest pack they could have fielded with a lot of experience. Um, and they worked so hard. Jared Evans looked threatening, but they at the crucial moments they just tended to either spill the ball, kick the ball away, or do something wrong. I mean, um, this, is, this is becoming a bit of a recurring theme, actually, isn't it? Now, I, it I agree that that penalty decision. Oh, it's, it's things like that because I think you know the, the the true great sides can beat the referee if they need to. You know what I mean? They've if the if the referee is giving you bad decisions, you play so well that you can you can you you never need to blame the ref. However, a game like that away at away at Ulster is so so hard that you just do need the rub of the green there. Um, but it is it is becoming a bit of a recurring theme about the Blues doing a good job but not being able to get over the line yeah. and get the win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were much the Blues were much better this week. Far far better performance, but. For me, it's it's still not good enough because, you know, for instance, in the backs play, they created loads of space. Matthew Morgan looked really threatening. Um, they went wide, but when they, you know, they created a fair bit of space. But then again, I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough to coach Matthew at Bristol and at the Ospreys. He's a quality player, like Daniel Bigger. 
it's getting, so he can, it's, can resist. It's, get, it's getting better. Sean Holly, what's you, he doing in my you kitchen? You definitely be practicing that one in the kitchen, in the bathroom. <laughs> in the shower, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're dressed like him again. <laughs> That's coming. Mate, um, with, the, with that pink t-shirt you've got on, that vibrant pink t-shirt, I don't need to be dishing out fashion tips, but anyway, we'll go have, ahead. We'll have, to, we'll have to tweet that one later. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, so they created a load of space out wide, and again, that final sort of... They, they, to be honest, they didn't, know, they didn't quite know what to do, I think, when it came to that, that final yeah. pass. Um, they either went into touch or looked a little bit too lateral or ended up kicking the ball away. Millard did some good things. He, he equally you know, gave it away at the times. The player I like, though, Millard. I, I think did. he's got a... Oh, yeah. You know, he's... Um... He, beats, he beats defenders with his feet. Yeah. You know, I know last week he, he, he was... He was really impressive for his 20 that, minutes. That decision on. making early on in the game as well, where he he sent the ball um, sent the ball down the touchline, oh, yeah. followed it up, and bundled Cooney into good touch. Kick, wasn't it? It's a good kick, and you know that determination to get there, and not do anything daft, and and make sure that you win the line out. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's, he's impressed he's, me. He's impressed me on a few occasions I have seen him. He's a good player. I think what summed it up for, for me with Cardiff is that they they gave they gave a huge amount of effort, but they're just fairly sort of. They're quite inefficient at times, mm. um, and so you know it's quite easy to think that they, you know, it was a good, it was a good performance, and they. I just don't think that's quite good enough, though. Do you think they're they're guilty of being a bit naive then? Yeah, they are guilty of being naive at, time, at, at times. Definitely, they they put so much into a number of plays, and then at the crucial moment when you need you need a cool head mm. or you need a key decision maker, it just often falls flat. And and it's costing them in a big, big way. The, the the referee didn't help, but for me, they shouldn't have. You know, they they should have probably been in a winning position by then. Obviously, there's a tendency. You know, I think we're probably a little bit guilty on this podcast as well, because we've got to talk about rugby every single week, right? And we have this fact or fiction debate section that sometimes it can be a bit polarizing. And you have, you know, the world's ending one week, and the next minute everything's good. Do you not think, though, that Cardiff season is going to be judged by these games coming up against against Saracens? You know, this decisions like this are forgotten if they get it right and are able to pull off results against the the biggest sides in Europe. Uh, I th- well, yeah, but I mean, can you see? Can you realistically see Cardiff Blues beating Saracens? Well, that's a good point, uh, and I suppose yeah. you don't beat you don't beat Saracens if you. If you make not, naive, errors, yeah, not but. if you're making errors. They, they they showed they showed today that physically, mm. they 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 can do it if they want it, um, and they had they put a very very good big pack out. That I think could match most sides. Can it match the Saris? Yeah, I think I think that pack that went out mm. went out today can. Um, they lack a little bit of nounce at times, but you know it's it's the it's the backs really that they they did some superb stuff. But as I've said, it, when, it, when it counts, they just can't do it. So I can't see, I can't see Cardiff Blues beating Saracens, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and preview the Cardiff Blues uh, away at Sarri's game next week. And we're going to do that in the last part of the show. So make sure you stay tuned to listen to that. Um, okay, Dan, I'm going to throw this one out there and you can answer it straight away or bat it back to me if you like. Bernard Jackman faces a must-win game against Cardiff Blues in December to save his job at the Dragons. Fast or fiction? I'm going to let you answer that. Hmm. It's, this is tough, honestly, right, because there is no glossing over how god-awful that game was. And was that, there anything that was positive? I think the odd individual performance, you know, you could... Yeah. 
the odd individual performance, possibly the likes of, you know, kind of Ollie Griffiths, you could go, okay, well, you can't fault his effort and, and stuff like that. However, it's yeah, you're not you can't you can't look at that and say there's there's any redeeming features. If you're getting pumped like that at home to and I look, Leinster are an amazing side, and yes, it's Leinster's A team, and Leinster's A team are still an amazing side. 60 points you know close to 60 points it's just simply not it's not acceptable and I know the management have come out and said it's not acceptable but that doesn't change the fact that that it's happened again you know this isn't the first time we've seen it it's not like we've been losing games narrowly and this is the first kind of hammering that's happened but hammered for the best part of a decade and this was supposed to be the season where things started to click Jackman got a freebie last year because he inherited a squad and you know obviously there were were a lot of people who were unhappy about that and I I get that but at that point in time I was kind of all right with it because I thought it is going to take time and that squad needed an overhaul. Now you said before that you didn't think the squad that they'd assembled over the summer was good enough and you know I might agree with you on that however it is better than the performances that are going on at the moment and it's really really bad because you know I've I've said before you know I I like Bernard, He's a, he seems a really good and an honest guy. But the results are simply not good enough, the performances are not good enough, and you cannot see any improvement, despite the fact that Dragons are better resourced, you cannot really see any improvement from the days of, you know, the days of Kingsley Jones and, and you know, when Paul Turner and Darren Edwards are in charge of the side, you know, and that's the, that's the, the really worrying thing. Gone backwards, too. Yeah, at the moment, you have to say that. I think you would. And, you know, it's... Um, yeah, to, last season's ago, two league wins the whole time. Yes, OK, Drag's got a win last week against Edinburgh, but it's. I don't think... To go back to this point, I don't think it's a must-win game because I think Buttress is, is going to give him the backing. You know, he's come out earlier this week and said he's the right man for the job. And I think he, you know, I think he does believe that. But if we, if we get pumped... By Cardiff, there are going to be. Yeah, there's already calls, you know, calls for change here at hand. There's going to be. There's going to be almost too many to ignore. I think so. Th- this is massive. It's absolutely massive. We've said this quite a few times, haven't we? The yeah. last win game since. Mm. You know, here we are again. Yeah, and, and the reason I've concentrated on the on the Cardiff Blues one is because you know, yes, okay, it's there's there's the Parker Pen in between. I just think that that's, that doesn't cut it at the moment. You know, the the dragons have to be have to be judged on their league form, and you know we said even even their home league form was was particularly important. But uh, yeah, it's hard to sit to really get excited about any any improvement this year. And when you see the the sheer number of tackles missed and schoolboy errors, that's the stuff that that ultimately coaches have to carry the can for. And I know they're not out there; they're not playing. But when it's happening. To that many players all at one time, that's where the criticism when you start will inevitably go to the coach. What right? systems, what systems are being implemented or not implemented? Yeah, um, yeah. There's big question marks of that of the coaching. Yeah, and you know we've, now, we've already it? seen the. Uh, Unfortunately for them, we've already seen Andre Marnitz, the defence coach, get booted out of that job, and it. Yeah, it's. I think they're at a stage now where something has to change incredibly quickly. Because it's not just people are running out of patience. It's it's at a stage now where people's loyalties are, are being. I think a lot of tested. people have been moved on, haven't they? There's been there's been a lot yeah. of change. 
Um, and do you know what? On paper, I don't think I, I don't think I disagreed with a lot of them. I think a lot of those players who who went out, some good, honest players, but I don't think they were up to. I don't think they were up to the standard that you need to be competitive in a pro football team. Co- with the coaching as well, there's been a lot of changes, isn't there? Oh right, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Of those you know those coaches below mm. below head. So it is. It's coming to the point, isn't it? Where you know people are people are looking at the. Looking at who's in the, who's in charge there, who's at the top, and they 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 call him. They're going to be calling for him to for him to step down, aren't they? Well, that's, it's happening already. It is happening already, and you know I know that social media is is not the place that you always look to for for balance and opinion, but it is a good barometer of what fans' opinion is like at the moment. And you know, you, you got, God, I feel for people who are going every week to to watch it because it's so so depressing. You know, there is. There are people I know in Newport who just don't, do not go anymore. And people who've been going to to Newport RFC from back in the day, and they and they got Dragon season tickets when when the Dragons came into formation, and they stopped going there because it's just really? they're, they're, yeah, there's no hope. You know, it's it, there is there it's is a, it's yeah. joyless. It's a largely joyless existence. It's very tough, isn't it? Because they need you know obviously they need they need support you know now more than ever. But you. You know, it's very, very difficult to get excited or to back, to back a side. I suppose where you can't see any improvement. I think if if you can see little wins mm. in little areas, then you can just probably yeah. pull yourself to go back and say, "Look, come on, it's back the side." They, you know, they they were putting everything into this. They need our support. We can help them. But it's when you're seeing players yeah drop off tackles in the way that they are, and then the defence and the systems and the set piece go into pot. It's that's when people. It's your fundamentals, your yeah, basics, right? It's when people just say, "I, I can't, I and, can't take any more." So, you know, it's not it's just. Hard. Oh, yeah, it's not just that either. It is just the sheer frequency that these hammerings are taking. And I saw, I saw some stuff again online, and um, Simon Thomas, who's a you know journalist, I, I respect quite a lot. I think he's, yeah. you know, he's always, always someone I've, I've kind of followed, and you know, he, he made a point yesterday that, look, it's just about funding. It's about funding. The Welsh sides aren't funded properly. And that, yeah, okay, we not, not properly, but they, they don't have the, the level of funding that the Irish regions have and they, they can't compete because of that. And obviously the English sides and the French sides have massive amounts of money behind them. But to be honest, I'm not buying that. Not when it comes to the Dragons. You know, they're fine. That, that squad is still not as good as... Um, not as good as, uh, uh, of course, as Leinster's or the vast majority of squads. However, you've seen that you know the improvement in the last couple of years that Treviso have gone through, and that's the thing that you've got to look at. I'm not saying that the Dragons should be going out and and beating Leinster home and away, but all I'm saying is you shouldn't be getting hammered like all, this it's all competi- this time. Competitive for periods, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Competitive up to a point. Showing that you're giving everything and the improvement, you're right, you know. And if yeah. it's like, okay, right, well, you know, at the, at the start of a regime, we're getting hammered, then okay, that the squad has improved, we're now being much more competitive up to 60 minutes. Yeah. We're getting competitive, you know. You think back to when I first started watching Wales play, we'd get pumped by virtually everyone, right? You think back to how bad the early 90s was, right? Um, you know, yes, we get pumped by England, Ireland had routinely kind of beat us, but we were two kind of ramshackle sides. Southern Hemisphere sides, we get absolutely yeah. slaughtered. You know, different, different league. And then I remember, like in the Graham Henry era, you know, when right, we can compete with South Africa, you never expected us to beat them, but we could compete with them. And then gradually, as things moved on, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, as we, professionalism came in, we got fitter and yeah, fitter. Yeah, we, we get to sixty, we get to sixty, mm. and then they start to pull away. Yeah, yeah, that 
yeah, you, you but could see something happening. But these th- these things, you know, can take time to happen. But you see things getting better in that process. And you know, like now, now we don't get we don't, Wales don't get hammered by anyone really, do we? You know, it's very rare yeah. that we take that we take an absolute pummeling. Um, but the dragons are just consistently getting getting done over, and it's it's that lack of basic handling skills, basic tackling skills. It's all it's all the basics, isn't yeah. It? All the basics that that seem to be seem to be on the floor. And and as much as you can make the point about the squad, you know, there's what is it six, seven Wales internationals in that squad now? Is that right? So you, Elliot, Aaron, yeah, there's yeah, Aaron Wainwright, Elliot D, Leon Brown, Corey Hill, Moriarty. You know, there's uh, Amos, yeah, Hal Amos and Tyler Morgan. Yeah. So yeah, seven there's in that squad. There is enough to be to be not getting done over. And again, the, the kids coming through this, like we said, Aaron Wainwright, come from nowhere to being, looks comfortably an international class player. Um, it, something just isn't right there. I know it's, I know it, it, the, the squad is not. Do you think they look very different? So when you see them playing, slotting in for Wales, mm. they look, they look great. And then you see, and then you see them playing for the Dragons. Yeah. And it looks as if they stepped down two or three pegs. Yeah. Um, but you see if you see it, the odd, the odd little spark, you know that there's quality there. You know they're quality players, right? You watch. No one can watch Coriel and say that he's not again an international quality second row. Um, and you know, and again, Corey's a player who always gives his all for the Dragons, and he's been a he's been a great addition as as captain. But it's the that's the thing that really frustrates me is just the team performance does not represent what those players those, are individually. Yeah. They, they, there's enough quality there for them to be competitive for periods of time. I think there is. And to oh, build absolutely. as well. Yeah. That's where, that's where, you know, because uh, a coach, a coach makes a massive amount of difference mm. to, you know, to belief, to a system, to everything. And if it isn't quite right, players will, they will, they will start moving away and it'll massively well, affect it. performance. You know, you this, this, you, this Hallam Amos thing, it's not, it's not been confirmed that it's a done deal, but, Again, I've heard it off the record from, um, you know, from some people who are suggesting that it that it is a done deal. Um, it looks, for all intents and purposes, that it's a done deal. And that's a shame. You can you can only see more of those things yeah. happening. You know, again, we talk about Wayne Wright, talk about Elliot. D. It, is, it is a shame, though, isn't it? Because we do want to see, you know, we need to see a competitive dragon side. We need to see, you know, more of the play at the of of, of this of that quality player than playing week in week out. I think that's a real shame. All right, well, let's move it on to this one then, which ties into it. This one's uh, been suggested to us by Gary Selway on Twitter. And uh, essentially, it's time to concentrate on having three regions in Wales, fact or fiction. I'm going to go fiction on that. I I don't want to see um, three sides. Oh, I don't want to see it, certainly. I want to see four sides. Um, I think we've got enough. I think we've got enough... uh, Enough quality players um, to field four sides. I, I, you know, part. I hope part of that's not me just, um, you know, mm. wishing. Um, I. It's just something I doesn't doesn't sit well with me at all. Um, well, as someone whose regional side was folded after a season. Yeah, is that well, right? You you were Celtic Warriors. Celtic, yeah, Celtic Warriors was the was the side that I, you know, I supported and was most you know mm. most interested in that. I suppose. Um, I just think we've got enough to have four you know to have four sides and. Um, I just I I was desperate for the Dragons to absolutely desperate. I'm not a Dragons fan, but just for, mm. for Welsh rugby, I really really want to see the Dragons turn turn this around. And you know, and and I just, I feel like they they can do it as well. When you look when you look down that team sheet, you can see there's enough quality there to 
to, to get something out of it, but they need they need assistance. They need someone something else to come in and, and help. And and. Uh, but if that if that thing is money to create better squad depth. But we've said. We, but you've just said you're not you're not quite having it that it's not just money and I'm with I'm you not, on that. I, I'm not, I, and this again, this is me playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm not I'm not quite having it. But if you had the the money split three ways, would that then create three more? You know, three sides who are able to compete in the in the well the Pro Thirteen as it might become, um, and in Europe. Yeah, we probably we 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 probably would be more competitive, wouldn't we? But then we're we're not going to you know it's going to have a knock on effect on the so Team Wales is going really well, isn't mm. it? So the regions aren't doing particularly well, but actually at, at, at you know at international level we are doing very very well. So what 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 is more important? It's it's not an e- it's not I don't think it's an easy one to just no. to say look we'll cut it go to three fund them up split the money and we'll have. Better players playing in those sides, it will have an effect on you know. You look at that dragon side. There's, there's young boys there. Look at the scarlets. They've they fielded quite a few young boys. We know the blues have got quite a lot of strength in depth now from fielding younger players. So I don't know. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? But if we want to be competitive in yeah in the in the you know, really really competitive then the pro fourteen across the you know across uh, all the sides, then maybe there's a call for it. But I, I don't like it. No, I don't. I don't like it. One obviously, right? Obviously. Um, I don't like it, and yeah, it would be it would be awful to see the dragons folded. But I can kind of see why why people are suggesting. I do not want to see it, of course, but it is getting to that stage, especially now the union own them, where they're going to be looking at this, going, "Is this a waste of time us putting this money down here, or are we better off?" But is there not? Is there? I know we've said this before, but is there not? Can they not get assistance with? With Jackman, if Jackman's the man, and I really hope he is, um, that they can, that somebody can come in and, and work with him. Does he does he need help? You know. Well, look, I mean, we we've said before, and I think that because he had a monumental I think job. The, on his I hand. think the Sean Edwards appointment, you know, the rumours that were mooted about six months ago that Sean Edwards was going to be joining on a consultancy basis, that that's had a massive blow because I think that that would have been the difference to those fundamentals that, that would have made it a huge a huge difference I think the problem you've got now is when you're off the, on the back of these hammerings week in week out there will I don't know, I've never played in a professional dressing room but I know from watching a huge amount of sport and reading a huge amount of sport and chatting to players who have been in those dressing rooms that that's when the confidence can go you know you, you look at um, you know you even look at like Man United at the moment right and a manager like Jose Mourinho has seemingly lost uh, has lost the, the respect of the dressing room. And that is potentially the problem. You know, is is he in a position to be able to turn it around now? I think yeah, I think we're straying back onto the coaching point here, but um yeah, look well, that's come back to the, the the three regions thing doesn't sit right for me. No. Um I think while you've got while you've got four regions there, I don't see the point in just in just folding it, you know, and it would it would the players are coming through in Gwent, right? There are still fantastic players coming through there. And we just need to... I hope we can get to a position where we're able to hold on to them now. Because right now, we're going to lose more than just Halloween whilst there's going to be... There's going to be mass there's, exodus there's, down there. And that, that has to be... There's addressed. enough internationals, isn't there, coming mm. from the Dragon side, despite the, 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 the performances. You know, yeah. Elliot D, absolutely brilliant player. Yeah. Wainwright, superb. Yeah. You know, um, obviously Leon Brown on the up. 
um, Corey Hill, superb. You know, there's mm. Moriarty, Amos. We know there's 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 quality there, isn't there? So I I just really think the quickest the, the quickest fix will be to get somebody in there on a consultancy role to support Jackman, have a, and and for them to observe as well on 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 what's going on. You know, from an experience perspective as well, and just say, look, have you looked at this and and be open to actually taking that advice because there's enough quality there to turn it around very very quickly. Right, well, coming up after the break, we will be talking about Europe in the last part of the show, any other business. Um, we'll also have all of the other roundup of news and views from elsewhere within Wales, and uh, we've still got a couple more to go on fact or fiction. So all of that coming up after this quick break. Right, two to go, Dan. Let's go with this one. Reese Patchell falling over Rob Evans epitomised the Scarlet's day at the office. Fact or fiction? Fact. Mm. Yeah, it was a comedy, wasn't it? Um, oh, they were so disappointing that they, their discipline was 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 awful, wasn't it? Um, I was really, I was, you know, I was really disappointed. I know after I didn't look at that after twenty four minutes, they conceded eight pens against against Glasgow's three. I mean, that's more than they usually. You know, that's more than they usually give almost almost all game. They're never going to win games with that penalty count, despite them sort of coming back, you know, coming back fairly strong, um, you know, fairly strong at the end there. Um, I, I, I fancied the Scarlets beforehand. I really did. And it was, you know, it was disappointing. That they, Glasgow's really dominant in the set in the set piece. Humphreys must be, you know, absolutely delighted. And he, he keeps on getting, you know, getting rave reviews, doesn't he, from anyone that he works with. Um, they lost the collisions. I thought Nick Grigg was absolutely brilliant. He had a great game, there. actually, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Born in New Zealand, you know what a absolute pocket rocket, isn't he? He's, he's some player. I mean, um, yeah. Let's let's be honest, right? We we've, we've done a lot of praising the Scarlets over the last couple of years, and quite rightly, I think, because they've been they've been excellent. But as good a side as uh, as Glasgow are. You've got you've got to be putting you know, when you've got an, over an hour against yeah. a side of fourteen men, you've got to be putting them to the sword, haven't you? Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, similar. It was a similar thing happened though, didn't it? On the reverse, when Scarlets went down, you know, lost a, lost a player early, and they rallied together. It does quite often yeah, happen. No, you're it? right. You lose a player, you you know, it somehow binds you know it binds everyone everyone ups the ups the effort a bit and you really dig in and but it you could not tell i mean the pack the dominance in that uh, you know the dominance up front i mean big big kebble that came on he made an absolutely massive impact yeah, in front row. Yeah. i mean how the hell he wasn't starting and, that, and it wasn't just that you know obviously he was eye catching in the loose and uh, yeah. who's who's the hook who's the mate was it turner over the ball turner yeah oh he, my god he, he he turned ball over like a he, england would kill for a number 7 like him, I'm not. I'm, I'm again. Yeah. I'm being flippant again. Yeah. I know. No, they would do. You're right. I know they've. I know they've. They've got yeah. underhill now, but um, devastating. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah George Turner, he, he was superb. He made. He made. He made three turnovers in like the first sort yeah. of ten minutes. Like who? The, and then he was carrying well. They, they destroyed the Scarlets at the breakdown. They really did, and that's the thing is, that's an area that Scarlets are normally so good, and when they can secure a quick ball, they're an incredibly hard side to play against. But. Everything was disrupted. Even when they were retaining the ball, it was slow. They did. They could not get the continuity that that they'd been used to. Yeah, no, they couldn't at all. I thought that um, uh, Chris Fasara, they gave the first mm. his first captaincy to him. I thought he led really, yeah, really well. They just 
they were a lot smarter, weren't they, throughout the whole throughout the whole game? And it was only within the the last ten minutes, really, that Scarlets. It was it was a performance. Dragged them around. It was a performance from Glasgow that was very reminiscent of the Scarlets at their best. You're right, actually, to to bring up that that game against Leinster where they they beat them with 14 men, which is amazing, and it's very much like that. I think it's the kind of fearlessness that they showed. And they went, yeah, it doesn't matter that we're down to 14. It really galvanised them. I yeah. thought, actually, Scarlet's played better against 15 men. They did against 14. They looked a bit shell-shocked when, when Glasgow came out and did that. And, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be I think they'll be very disappointed with, with that performance, Scarlet's. I think it's, you know, some good individual stuff in there. But you're right, that kind of comedy moment did really kind of sum it up. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Epitomise the whole... The whole the whole game from a Scarlet's perspective. I thought, I'm not quite sure whether the balance was quite right in the back row. They lacked a bit of direction behind as well. Obviously, they, they managed to keep Jonathan... Uh, I thought of, I, I thought the balance, on paper, the balance in the back row looked good to me. It did on paper. Yeah. I, I just, don't, don't, it just didn't quite work for me um, out there. Uh, but, but then, you know, it's so difficult, isn't it, when you're making that mm. many, when you're, giving, when you're giving the ball away that many times because yeah. of the penalty count... Um, and a lot of those pens were they, the ref was right. Yeah. You know, they were they were pen, genuine yeah, penalties, yeah, yeah. and you, you 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 know they will be having. Well, an I think he was. I think he was fairly consistent as well. Actually, the way he refereed it, yeah, he was. He, he was he was pie hot on the breakdown. If you're holding on for close, you know you weren't going to get that benefit of the doubt. If we, Frank, it was Frank yeah. Murphy on the refereeing. He was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, if you um. Yeah, if you if you were holding on, you were going to get penalised for it. If you weren't rolling away, you yeah. were going to get penalised for it. And um, yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely a disappointing performance for the Scots. However, I think again to bring it back to the point we made earlier about in the grand context of the season, yes, it's disappointing and it's annoying. It feels fresh now, and I'm sure they'll be hurting on the uh, on the way back from Glasgow. But. When you look at it on paper and go, okay, well, a loss by nine points to to Glasgow. When it's written down in the scorebook at the end of the year, is it going to cost them a place in the playoffs? I, I'm not sure it will. I think they've still, you know, I still think they'll get out of that. Um, they'll get out of that conference. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and really, as we said before, it's, it is the rugby at the business end of the season that is going to that is going to define their season. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, Particularly it is, with with how it's gone in Europe, it was just. A, I think I just. It was a bit of a shock for me though. I just mm. the, the way in which yeah, they I were bullied. So. They were bullied up front with them, and I said marmalised really. Yeah, I, I think that um, pack. I mean, they yeah, just it was incredible. Just, they, 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 it was like it was like me and you were in the pack. They, they absolutely destroyed. We were, we were in the pack in the ascendancy, or we were in the scarlet's pack getting dominated. <sighs> yeah, let's go with us in the ascendancy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they they blew them they blew them apart didn't they? Yeah, um, I, I, I felt that, disappointed for Lewis Rawlins because he's a player he's a player oh. I like. But they they a they missed ball going off, and that wasn't that wasn't Rawlins. Yeah, was finest hour. He had uh, five minutes. Had five on, minutes of carnage, then, didn't he? Yeah. he was off. Yeah, he put in one destructive tackle as well, and he held up quite a few. Yeah, quite a few of their boys, and, and then the, um, and there was the the penalty he gave away. Yeah, off the kickoff off as the well, kick. which. Disappointing. They just couldn't get any any momentum, could they? And when they stopped when they stopped giving penalties away, then for a brief period of time, they looked dangerous. Mm. Well, you know, there 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 it is, isn't they? Um, but yeah, that that massive chap Keppel, and he 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 was he was super. Robbie Nairns, I thought had a yeah good, had a great oh, game. And he, God, I that try, that try they scored though <sighs> as well. It's just it's stuff yeah. like that that annoys me because actually I don't think I don't think many Scarlets fans would have begrudged them getting that. Yes, it was a slightly forward pass. The thing that really annoys me with this is we're trying to make rugby more accessible to 
you know, to a broader audience. Yeah. And that's the kind of rugby you want to see. You, now, if the ref's pinged it and he's gone, and Frank Murphy's gone, yeah, no, that's, that was forward, or he's got a quick word from the lino saying, yeah, it's gone forward, I don't mind. Well, they had to watch it, yeah, they had to watch it three times, didn't they? I, I just, I, I don't, did. yeah, yeah, and, and you know what, it probably was forward, but at the same time, I'm just like, just let it, let the referee call it. It's the same as in cricket, right? It's one of my frustrations with cricket now is that umpires basically don't give no balls anymore because if you get out off a no ball and it's it's reviewed, then it'll get overturned, and that's the, that, they're kind of like frustrating things. I think decisions like in cricket, no ball or a forward pass in in rugby, mm. that's got to be made on the field. That's not what the TMO's there for. You could scrutinise every game and look at you know like when when a player's just kept someone. In a, in a ruck a little bit too long and got away with it you know what that's it the kind have. of clever that's the cleverness yeah. that yes of course you're going to be cheering do it all the time yeah exactly and then, you know Alan Wynn's great at it yeah. and it's it's those kind of things that yeah okay it's frustrating but when you see a, a try disallowed because that's gone on four phases before or there's a fractional forward pass personally for me TMO should be used for grounding and serious foul play and that's basically it yeah, Look, if you know someone's clocked someone off the ball, fine. We want that out of the game. That well, go they, back. Well, they're in the game, though. Well, yeah, no, yeah, it's the yeah. Those I mean, days that, are gone. Yeah, those days are gone, aren't they? Right. As much as we, you know, as much as we love it, the, the cheap shots and stuff like that. You know, I think that's that is what it's there for. Um, but it's just these these marginal calls that are getting really, really frustrating yeah. and boring and. And you want to see those amazing tries. Richie Reese called it, didn't he? he, he I said, quite enjoyed Richie Reese's I thought, actually, thought yeah. ex- I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, he deserved to be a try. And, and mm. as we're saying now, you know, most Welsh fans would have would yeah. have loved for that to be a try. It was brilliant. like I say, if the ref calls it. I've got no problem if he's gone. And then you look back at the replay and go, yeah, okay, he was right. But it's just because you all denied that moment of brilliance. That I think as a, as a fan of watching great rugby, that's the kind of. Crap that, that kind of gets on my nerves a bit, and it and, and it slows up the game. It does slow up the game. So there's, there's a couple of negatives, right? That that has covered um, three pretty miserable weekends for for Cardiff Blues, for Dragons, and for Scarlets. Uh, Where's the course, positivity coming from? Well, there was a victory for a Welsh side this there this we weekend, and uh, it came in the form of the Ospreys. So let's uh, let's chat about that. This one, uh, yeah, again, Dan, we'll throw this one over to you to start with. Uh, we're starting to see Matt Sherratt's influence on the Ospreys' back line. I know you haven't seen this week's game. Yeah, I've seen, bit, yeah, seen bits and bobs. Well, I mean, are we going, what, fact or fiction, are we? Fact or fiction, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems to be a fact, but I'll let you, I'll let you take the, the... I'm not sure we have either. yet, actually. I'd say fiction. I think, well, obviously, the, the tries... Influence, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I think that what I would expect from a Matt Sherratt back line is what we saw from, from Cardiff Blues... In his last, you know, his last season and a half, and you know, obviously in, in conjunction with Danny Wilson, and that is, you know, I guess kind of very um, ambitious, offloading, fly half being very, very flat, exciting, exciting rugby to watch, and I think what we're seeing at the Ospreys is a very pragmatic approach. And I think that is because of the, the the hand that he's got there. The personnel, yeah. I think it is because of the personnel. Yeah. I think that, you know, that Sam Davis is being used to play to his strength, which is his kicking game. I do think he's got a bit more than that, but I think at the moment they're very much concentrating on on playing a more pragmatic approach, and that is using uh, Sam Davis's left peg. Now, that isn't what I would necessarily expect to see from a match here at backline. And I think when you saw the Blues playing at their best, 
and you had either Anscombe or Jared Evans at 10, uh, and even to a certain extent Shingler at 10, you saw them play much flatter, much more exciting, um, much kind of wider rugby. So I think they're playing well, the Ospreys, and I think he's playing with the personnel he's got. But um, I, I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but the fact that Luke Price was named as the outside half for the first game of the season, at home, a game you're going to want to be targeting, you're targeting a win, mm-hmm. that, wasn't a, that wasn't a squad rotation thing for me. That was, I want Luke Price to be my outside half. And yeah, obviously it's, it's Alan Clark's decision to do that. But um, yeah, I think that, I think there is there is there is more to come from the Ospreys backline, but I think at the moment it's it's a really interesting one for me, seeing the way that they're playing versus how I thought they might be playing. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, you know, I think the scoreline the scoreline was really down to to some moments of absolute brilliance from um, from Luke Morgan. How good does he look? He is an absolute find. He is just, I mean, the sheer pace will frighten any side. You know. He, to go back to the Glasgow game, he reminds me of the way that Matawalu plays. Yeah, he does. He, he play, you know, yeah. and obviously he's played a lot of sevens yeah, with Morgan. Nice to I mean, watch. He does play like a Fijian, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Those tries that he scored. He makes them look. The, the acrobatic finish, there's not, I can't think of many other players who would have scored that. He just makes them look so easy, doesn't he? There's, yeah. just, there's a fair bit to do. We, you know, oh, quite there's a few, more than a fair bit to do. There's quite a few wingers that we, that we know that would, wouldn't have scored them. I think nine out of ten wingers really wouldn't score them. Have. Honestly, I think that is... That's how good his finishing but skill he does is. Make Only look, a seventh player could. He finish makes it like look that. easy, doesn't he? You yeah, think, he does. oh, mate, you know, you know, it's easy to think, I suppose, that the other the other wingers would score that, and I'm with you. I yeah. don't think they would. That is, he's got a really, really great talent. So yeah, I think that's where a lot of um, that's where a lot of it came from. When the game opened up, he's exactly the kind of player you want. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm not being I'm not being critical of the Ospreys here, really, because. You can't argue with that scoreline. Um, it's great tactics. Yeah, it was. And actually, you know, again, to give Sam Davis his uh, his dues there, that beautiful crossfield oh. kick for um, for uh, for Morgan to run onto. Beautiful. You know that. Left peg. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I guess it's it's not what I expected to see from um, from a match. We've seen a different a different side to him then. You know, because he's known for yeah. he's known for being expansive, yeah. isn't he, and working a wide game. And this is a this is a different. You know, a different, uh, different bit of his game there, maybe. Yeah, I think I think you might be right, but it's a good, you know, it's a good result, very good result for them. Obviously, you would expect them to beat Zebra, and I'm, I'm fairly certain they would have been targeting the uh, the bonus point well, win. Well, when you looked at the team sheet, that mm. was a that was, yeah, it was a big, it was a great side, wasn't it? But then, you know, there's been a few, you know, a few of the Welsh sides this weekend. You yeah. thought, you know, it put put the big boys out. Yeah. It hasn't quite gone that way. I, I really thought as well, though, that Alan Wynne Jones, Justin Tipperick were exactly... You know how often we said last season how reliant Ospreys were on needing a big performance from Alan Wynne and from, from Dan Bigger. This season is very, very similar and it's, it's Alan Wynne and Tipperick. And I think when, they, when those two play well, everyone else seems to yeah. play better. I, yeah, for, for, I mean, Alan Wynne is, is get, he's getting better, isn't he? Somehow with every game. And Tipperick, for me, is the same. He's the best, best seven in the world. Uh, I would say, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. So better than Hooper? Yeah. I think he's, he's got... You know, I've always been a massive fan. Better than Sean O'Brien? Yeah. Yeah, he's just... The way in which he can adapt and... <clears throat> I should have just put so, Justin Tipperick's the best open side in the world if I'd have known you were going well, to give me this, Dan. But if we, when we look at... If we could take it back to the to the Wales, that, that last Wales game where we yeah. had um, Ellis Jenkins at eight. Yeah. <clears throat> now, eight for me is, is probably the second hardest most... Uh, it's probably... 
it's it's probably the second hardest most position to play in. Is that a sentence? Probably not, is it? No, um, far from being a sentence. <laughs> outside of uh, outside centre, right? Right. So outside centre is the hardest yeah, position for, to play. You're no, saying? I, I would say. Yeah. All right. Okay. Loads of people would disagree, but but number eight, second, and the way in which t- the way in which Tipperick can adapt his play. Yeah. Right to make others to make. This others, is spoken by a bloke who's never played in the second row. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> to make others. Uh, sort of game slightly easier there yeah. I just think is such a talent mm. and that is you know who can do that there's there's very very few players that can do that so he's got it he's got it absolutely all and I just think he's getting better and better he's had his chance now and he's just he's such a great player he's going to go down as, as one of the all time greats I agree and actually I did think again even watching a game like this now this isn't you know this isn't a game that defines history the Ospreys beating Zebra home you'd expect them to do it they did it um, got that result well you know good performance but even just the little touches you see from Tipperick I honestly just sat there thinking God you know what when he retires I'm going to miss him play and yeah. you know I'm still grieving the loss of Sam Warburton from rugby but I mean Tipperick is such a different player to him but he, he is going to be remembered as he's going to be one of those players that you know when you're chatting to, you're chatting to your kids and your grandkids it'll be one of those that you talk about and say this guy was just spectacular to watch yeah and has and can do everything mm. it's not you know it's just everything I yeah I just think he's that good he is so right some interesting uh, stuff coming up obviously we've got Europe to, to concentrate on next week um, and any other business is the last part of the show which is what we're going to do now however if it's your first time listening do make sure you go back um, and have a listen to some of our previous episodes in addition to the, the regular weekly ones we have special episodes in there as well and we've done that with some some really interesting characters uh, none more interesting than uh, than Di Bishop be sure to go out back and have a listen to that one um, but again likewise Ben John Phil Steele uh, some really interesting guys that we caught up with and hopefully we're going to have some more of those soon uh, and we do have another bonus podcast for you later this week uh, we'll be looking ahead to Wales's trip to Japan for the Rugby World Cup which is less than a year away um, so in that we discuss what to expect from Japan as a host nation what our route out of the pool might look like and uh, how much a pint costs which is the important one so don't miss that one make sure you get your fix of the Attacking Scrum podcast on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or however you get your podcasts right Dan here's an interesting one for you um, Scott Johnson a man <laughs> we know well in, uh, in relation to Welsh rugby has been linked to uh, an Australian coaching role you got any thoughts on that? I've got to be honest, I've never I, been a big fan. Yeah, no, it's nor have I really. Um, I think, you know, there, there was obviously there were players in that 05 squad who spoke so highly of him and said that he was the, the mastermind behind it all. But then you look at his, you know, then, his, his, his record as a, as a head coach. I'm pretty Scotland, sure there was. Ospreys, pretty bloody lousy. It was, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was others that. Didn't really have a, any 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 good words for him at all. Was yeah, there, so there are. He's, he's a marmite he character. Was, he was, yeah, it was like marmite. So I don't know. I know Checkers. You know, not everyone's cup of tea, and he's under him. He's under a huge amount of pressure, mm. and he's obviously going to go. You know, he's gone. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, you think that's it then for Checker? Yeah, he's not. He's not. Gonna, he's not going to be around for long. Is he? Do you at think? All. Do you think he'll make the World Cup? Um, I'd be surprised if he if he goes beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Um, you think but, he'll be there? Yeah, but there, but thereafter, yeah, he'll, he'll, you know, he's he's out of there, isn't he? So, I um, I'd be looking at someone else, really. But 
I don't know, I, can you, I can't really see that happening, can you? I, I could see him be there in, in some capacity. Again, you know, wouldn't be my uh, wouldn't be my cup of tea, but um Where's the where's the source? Is it, we... I think that was Wales Online. Yeah. Um so again, you know, read into that what you will. But um I'm fairly certain that's where I saw that. Um, another thing we should mention before we go ahead and uh, look ahead to the European Games, and that is the, the, the sad demise of Neath. Now, anyone who's been following this story over the last uh, well, the last number of months really will see what a sad situation mm. it's been, and a club with an incredible history. And yeah, they're in financial dire straits. I think Thursday is set to be D Day for them, and. Unfortunately, it looks like it's a, you know, it's a sorry sign of the times of of modern rugby in Wales. You know, it's um, it's hard to it's run brutal. a semi-professional side, isn't it? It's brutal, and isn't it? It is brutal, and um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's and you know, I'm not, I don't know enough about the finances behind it, and I wouldn't be the the best person to offer any any business advice on it. But it's just one of those situations where it leaves it leaves a bad taste purely because of the the history and we had a very similar thing when we when we spoke a couple of years ago about Newport RFC and and what was happening with them when the dragons were getting taken over and you just you as much as you've got to be pragmatic about regional rugby and that's where we're at now it's very very hard to to shake off the the emotional attachment to to the good old days and and my god needs to produce some rugby players over the years yeah it's really it's really sad isn't it just got to yeah i suppose hope that you know the club the club, yeah, the club's able to find you know find a way back, settle in, you know, settle in in, in, a, in the league and, and just sort of build, you know, build on from there. But it is you know, professional rugby is brutal, isn't it? Mm. And yeah, it's there's 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 going to be there's going to be some casualties along the way. But yeah, as you said, it's really really difficult, isn't it, to hear you know a, a side like Neath, which has produced so many awesome you know players over the years, and when you look back at loads of the you know, it was the photos. Of you got, you got a favourite from uh, from from back in the day, Danny. You got a favourite Neath player. You have a favourite memory of watching Neath. Um, here's, here's an well, interesting one for you. I watched Newport play Neath in about two thousand and one, maybe. And Shane Williams was goal kicking for them. Was he? Yeah, a little kind of anomaly of what, uh, from 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 nine. Was he? A- um, I, no, I think he was on the wing that day, but he was he yeah. was goal kicking, <laughs> which you don't you know you you certainly don't yeah. remember Shane doing a lot of. No, I mean, I, I, so I had, I met, one thing I do know is that I, I love the Neath top. There was something about that black top. The, the Reebok one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that, so they had the turquoise, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turquoise one, and I had the, I had the black one. I remember I had it for my birthday, I don't know how old I was. First, first day I wore it to, I think it, I wore it to, the, to school or to the, to Cowboys Rugby Club, and it bloody went from the changing rooms, and, uh. One of my uh, well, as you'd expect for a, a Cardiff lad turning up in a in a Neath shirt, no. No, well, no, there was. You no, just someone fancied it. Yeah, I don't know, but one of my, I remember one of, my, one of the boys, Ian. He uh, he ended up he ended up wearing. Uh, I've never asked him about this either, but he ended up having a, a black Neath top about a week later, and I've never asked him actually about it. But I was I was devastated when that top went. But yeah, great top, great club. Um, it's just been so many players, and mm. I remember. I also remember not not Neath, but going going down there and watching um, one of the, one of my pals, Gareth Howard, play um, against New Zealand. Mm. I think it was under sixteens, and Rocco Koku was playing on the was wing, it? and he, 
at that level, right? So at that age, sixteen, he he looked honestly, he mm. looked thirty. It was it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But the I can't remember. I think obviously New Zealand. I think New Zealand won, but it wasn't by a huge scoreline. But um, just the atmosphere down yeah. there was, was electric. Um, Barry Williams. Barry Williams, yeah, of course. You know, one of my one of my all time favorite hookers, I suppose. Was it, yeah, yeah it's like a modern day hooker, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really, yeah, six, mobile, was six yeah. one, six two, big. Yeah, because obviously hookers, you were seeing them being yeah. a little bit smaller then, weren't you? Um, yeah, I remember his spat with uh, with Ronnie Regan on the yeah, Lions that, DVD in training. Yeah. That was superb, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got some of the old school Brian Williams, mm. um, hard hard men. I don't think you want. You didn't want to go down to the Knoll, did you? And yeah, uh, be on the wrong be on the wrong side of uh, be on the wrong side of Iraq there. Definitely right. Well, yeah, and obviously, uh, kind of best wishes from uh, from everyone here to everyone involved in the clubs. Difficult, difficult situation. Right, finish the show then, Dan, by having a look at uh, some of the European rugby we've got coming up uh, over the next week. And uh, yeah, not too long to wait. Scarlets play Ulster on Friday night. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because um, as much as the Scarlets were in the same position this time last year, it's hard to see uh, see them getting out of the group. But um, a real opportunity to to restore some pride this weekend. Yeah, it is. I, I, th- I th- it's a winnable, it's a winnable game now, mm. for me. Um, I think Ulster have got, Ulster have got obvious, you know, obvious strength. I think they've had a, they've had an up and down, you know, twelve months really, haven't they? But mm. they're starting to, they're starting to build some momentum again. Um, you just got to be really clever. You just got to be really clever against them. And you, the big part of, of of those games are the are the physicality mm. and the line speed, right? And actually winning those collisions. And the Scarlets have sort of. Stuttered a bit versus yeah, they, their normal standards. They have stuttered yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, they really need to, to to win those collisions and cut out the penalties, which they don't. They don't usually make. Yeah. They don't usually make them, do they? But I can't see that happening again. I mean, Pivac will be will be absolutely drilling them. Yeah, I think you're right. And then uh, Sunday is the is the big one we've been talking about already. Saracens versus Cardiff Blues. Yeah, I mean, so Cardiff Blues that pack that they put out was yeah. massively experienced big powerful it's the pack that they need to go against against the Saracens oh, I'd it's say. a game like this where you really miss Ellis Jenkins though I think he is he, he just he makes that difference it's uh, the maturity isn't it yeah. and the, making his leadership the, everything decisions at the right time so they've got you know they've got the power game they've got the, the you know yeah, they've the got the brute, backs. yeah they've got the brute force they just need <clears throat> it's him and and one other in the backs they're missing one mm. other oh Excuse me. One other in the backs to, um, to just to make those final decisions. So I think it's going to be tough that, but I really hope hoping for a Blues win. Quick prediction. Saracens by Saracens by ten. I think. Mm, yeah, actually, that, that, feels, that feels about right. I think. Uh, and then quickly a prediction for the Scarlet Ulster game as well. I can go Scarlet's by five. Okay. Yep. Northampton versus Dragons and Ospreys versus Stade Francais both take place in the Parker Pen on Saturday. Um, I think the Ospreys could do a lot worse than to get... I think Stade Francais have lost interest in this competition already, as, um, as predicted. <clears throat> um, they could do a lot worse than go out, get the, uh, get the win, and, and I think almost just target a, target a bit of a run in this. Yeah. We've seen what it, can do for, what it can do for confidence. It can be a European qualifier. When you're in a position like they are, I think it's, I think it's worth having a little look at. Com- comfortable win for the Ospreys. Yep, bonus point win. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. And <sighs> I've said I've great. I've, just what you need. Trip to Franklin's Gardens. I think I've said on too many occasions that it's a Dragons win. It's going to turn it around. So I can't, I, I can't, I can't say anything. Mm. 
God. Because I think I'm, I think I'm causing problems. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever happens, it doesn't matter if he puts out. Come on, the dragons! If he puts out a B team, right? They've they've got to go and, and at least show the performance up there again. Northampton, it's interesting to see whether they're actually, you know, again, how seriously they're taking this. Whether they've got bigger well, bigger fish to fry. We said that we? before, didn't yeah. we? And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, that's it. They they just cannot afford to have another to have another hammering. Um, and uh, yeah, it's we've, we've covered all of this in the first part of the show. <laughs> There's not even going to be a call of what's happening. It's just the game. Right, Dan. To finish on player of the week for you. Player of the week for me. I need mine to Luke Morgan. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was just he lit that game up and he showed uh, he showed what you know what attacking rugby's uh, what attacking rugby's all about and. You know, players like that are hard to find. Yeah, can't argue with that. All right. My, oh, go on. I'm going, my, my player of the week. Yeah, go on, go on. I'm going with Robbie Nairns. I thought he was absolutely incredible. All right, fair dues. And uh, week to forget. Week to forget. Rawlins has got to, Rawlins has got to be up there. Okay, you can go for Rawlins. I'm going to go for everyone who played for the Dragons um, because it's just been, yeah. It, and they're going to have to forget it, like we say. They're going to have to forget that and um, and move on because it was just absolutely dire. And on that cheery note, uh, it brings us to a conclusion for another week. So thank you for listening. Um, again, big thanks to our sponsors over at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Uh, yeah, Scott did promise me a bit more coffee, but it seems we got lost in a post. Um, but obviously that time he spent not sending out freebies to me. He I spent pinched uh, it off. Yeah, he's uh, that, or he's he's uh, he's spent it concentrating on his games. He's playing very well. So, uh, but yeah, do have it. Do check out socoffeetrades.co.uk, um, and uh, yeah, also check us out on social media as well. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, which I think we've just gone over uh, four thousand four thousand active users on there, which is pretty damn amazing. Um, loads of, loads of rugby chat on there. So if you you know if you can't get enough rugby chat, make sure you head over to there and join that. Twitter at attacking scrum. Uh, we'll be happy to. Hear your opinions on there, and also if your Instagram's more your thing, then you can follow us, Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.